0: This is Toastcaster, the Communication, Leadership, and Learning Lab. Your host, Greg Gazin, speaker, blogger, author, and syndicated veteran columnist of Troy Media. Episode one seventy-seven: Yoga for Everyone, helping you take leadership of your mind and body with our guest Sharon McMullen Barron. Yoga—it's something that we don't often talk about. In fact, I don't think we've ever spoken about it here on Toastcaster, but I want to share with you that in the past yoga is something that I probably would have never considered. Now, if you think about the way it's portrayed, it conjures up images of slim fit women who contort themselves into pretzels. But I have to admit that now I think about it very differently, practicing it weekly, and it's been transformational in terms of my well-being. Our guest today is Sharon McMullen Barron, and she is in fact, my yoga instructor who I met through Wellspring, Alberta, which we'll talk a little bit about a little later on. Sharon has been teaching yoga since 2009. She focuses in on the areas of restorative yoga and hatha yoga, a branch of yoga that uses physical techniques to try to preserve and channel vital force or energy. Sharon has inspired individuals from many walks of life, from elite runners and social workers, college staff, and regular stress out folks, to those who are dealing with the effects of MS and cancer. Her certifications include Hatha Yoga, Yoga for Low Back, Yoga Thrive for Cancer Patients, Healthy Breast, True North, Relax Renew, and more. A cancer survivor herself diagnosed 17 years ago, Sharon was instrumental in bringing Yoga Thrive for Cancer Patients to the Cross Cancer Institute in Edmonton in 2010 and to Wellspring Edmonton when the doors opened. Sharon strives to keep a balanced approach to everyday life. When she's not on her mat, her survivorship includes a dedication to family and friends, extensive volunteer work, athletic, artistic, and creative pursuits, which may include wordsmithing poems and stories or playing with fabrics, creating quilts and other textile treasures. You can also catch her on her bicycle or cross-country ski trails or out with her dog. Catch her if you can. Sharon mcmullen Barron, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Greg. As I mentioned in the open, my initial perceptions about yoga were were so wrong, total misconception. And of course, now I'm a convert and in some respects, I think it might be your fault, but that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> it happens often that uh, people with uh, popular notions of yoga from media have that experience and they... Uh, have some time on the mat, experience the true benefits of the practice, and become yoga ambassadors.
0: There we go. Now, just to kick us off, again, with all the misconceptions out there, obviously yoga is more than just movements and poses. Maybe perhaps if you could share with us what yoga is perhaps really about, and what are some of the misconceptions or myths that you come across?
1: Sure, you touched on it earlier, Greg, when you, you had this preconceived notion of these pretzel poses, as you say, and, and those are very advanced yoga asanas, and asana is the physical practice element. There's many more elements to yoga. There's breath work, there's stillness meditation, and all of this is, is geared to bringing our body, mind, and spirit into harmony, and I think that's the part that surprises people, When they get themselves onto the mat, it's generally their body that gets them there. There's aches or complaints or or difficulties. But what keeps them there is the settling of their mind, the calming of their breath, and the release of so much stress they didn't even know they were carrying. They become kinder, they become calmer, and they like what happens on their mat.
0: So is yoga considered, is it an art?
1: Well, it's a good question, I think it's more of a practice and that's why we call it, you know, your yoga practice. You want to be exploring it as you, as you come onto the mat as a beginner, you're working through all the different components, all the different limbs of yoga. As we say, we're working, as I said, through your body, your mind, your breath in time, your practice can evolve into more complex, but it generally comes back to a place of simplicity simply being aware of your body being aware of your mind being aware of your breath and what you can do to to settle to control that so that you can be your best self
0: cuz what i found is for me it's in general i guess we could say overall it's it's helped improve my my quality of life i'm i'm sleeping a little bit better i'm feeling a little bit more mobile I'm finding myself that even though there are days that it's like, oh, I'm so tired this morning. I don't really do, I don't really want to do yoga. Once I actually get down on the mat and an hour later, I'm just, I'm feeling so much better. So what are some of the other things that yoga can do for people that you found?
1: (laughs) I'm I'm giggling because you're such a a perfect example of what happens. I I say to my students, if you're tired, come to class. But if you're like really sick, stay and take care of yourself. Because it's that malaise or that fatigue that we need to shift through the movements and and through the breath work and through that awareness that we develop, how are we today? What can we do to release this? And, And what is it you need every day is always a little bit different. So yoga has many applications from my two year old grandchild was practicing yoga at daycare. They had these fun little movements that they were doing, and they were and they were the movements and, and child appropriate. But it's just that example of here's this person, two-year-old toddler benefiting from the yoga is a tool for life. It can apply to all ages, all stages, and that's the beauty of it. Once a person becomes familiar with the different aspects of it, it can serve you through your entire lifetime, whether you are that young child or a student, Um, wanting to work on their concentration so they can perform academically at their best, whether it's a person of athletic interest wanting to have that strength, that flexibility to be able to physically perform, whether we simply want to sleep better or relieve the anxiety of our our turbulent times that we find ourselves in. All of these uh, results can come from that yoga toolbox that we carry. If you look at a yoga studio's offerings, It's really exciting because they offer so many different classes and it can be perplexing, but it also can be really inviting. I'm a senior, I want to take a, a class that's more appropriate to my needs. If I'm a pregnant person, I want to take a class that's more appropriate to my needs. If I'm a beginner, I want to learn. So I want something that's appropriate to my needs. And a yoga instructor will take those tools and tailor them to the individual in front of them. So it truly is a lifelong practice. And if you come in with a specific concern, either low back difficulties, or as I've worked with people with MS and the cancer, again, we can put things into the class that is helpful specifically to that need and avoid things that would not be particularly helpful to that person.
0: In preparing for our interview today, I decided to look up and see who else does yoga. And I discovered that Sergey Brin, the founder of Google, he once said that this relaxing practice of yoga keeps him centered and helps him maintain a a sense of normality in his life. And then of course, former Beatle Paul McCartney, he says, I swear by yoga. He advises his fans to practice yoga. And he believes that Yoga strengthens one from the inside. Well, he's right,
1: because people experience yoga as a a workout, but after a few classes, they understand that it's truly a deeper work in.
0: Wow. Deep. (laughs) That's deep. (laughs) (laughs) And one more, Oprah Winfrey, and one of the things that she said was nothing to do with the physical movements, but Oprah says that yoga helps her move past negative thoughts. So it sounds like yoga is in fact just for everybody.
1: (laughs) All the people, all the yoga, all the time.
0: Sharon, it almost seems like moving your body can also change your perspective. Maybe perhaps you're you're in a rut and you're not sure which way out, but if you get your body moving and you're feeling much better, you might look at things a different way.
1: Absolutely, Greg. Yoga changes your perspective. And people come to the yoga mat anticipating and hoping to change their hamstrings, but they don't always anticipate the deeper change inside. They become a better person. Their better self can then be better in the community, better leaders, better in the home and in their relationships. And it's that deep down shift that really resonates with people. And I think the body gets them to the mat, but the deeper spirit side keeps them on the mat.
0: So not only yoga helps you take leadership of your mind, body, and soul, but it can also help you as a leader if that's what you're doing. I agree. Sharon, obviously you're passionate about yoga. It seems that you've made a significant impact on people with respect to helping them on their yoga journey. I'm really curious, how did you first discover yoga? What made you decide to start?
1: My first exposure to yoga came during my university days And I really loved the physical, but I loved even more what it did for me mentally and uh, to calm down my academic stress level. I rediscovered yoga when I was uh, diagnosed with cancer in 2006. I thought that I could try something very gentle, very benign to help me rebraid my body, mind and spirit that had been just shattered by this diagnosis. And as I practiced, I started to notice a transformation happening within me. Things started to feel better. As the treatments concluded after two years, I really wanted to work on regaining my strength and regaining my sense of self and calmness. And the yoga provided that. So much so that I took more challenging classes and was invited into the teacher training. Someone noticed that I seemed to have a a good way of uh, sharing it and encouraging others. So I, I did. When I finished that teacher training, I said, where is the yoga for cancer people? We have yoga for prenatal. We have yoga for seniors. We have yoga for teenagers. We have yoga for athletes and runners. Where is it for the cancer community? I researched and found that it was being developed and taught here in Alberta and ran down to Calgary and immediately got trained The next day, upon my return, landed in the office of the director of the Cross Cancer Institute here in Edmonton. It serves the Northern Alberta and the Northwest Territories for Cancer community and said, hi, I'd I'd like to uh, share my yoga experience and teach yoga here. The doctor pushed back from his chair, smiled and said, we've been waiting for someone like you. When can you start? (laughs) And so I did. (laughs) And it's just been that shift from all of these other types of yoga that I was teaching. I truly found a a home here working with the cancer community. I found that by deconstructing the yoga into bite-sized, gentle, accessible pieces that the yoga students there were finding success and feeling better. And that was what was so gratifying for me. And that was why I continued to do it.
0: This perfectly illustrates that yoga really is for anybody.
1: Absolutely. And it's part of that misconception because as a cancer patient, your your life is so dramatically changed. And when someone comes in and says, you should do yoga, it's probably the last thing on their mind. Oh, yes, that will help. But it does.
0: Wow. It's interesting because I w- my next question was going to be, why did you decide to start teaching? But... Obviously, it's because it it really worked for you during your cancer journey.
1: Yes. And and again, it's that inside out transformation. Once, Once I started to feel that, again, as I said, that rebraiding of my body, mind and spirit, I found that strength and that vitality return in a way that just energized me to bring the next person through that tunnel of darkness that can be a cancer diagnosis. I wanted to reach back and say, come this way. I've walked this path. Let me show you how this can be helpful for you.
0: Now, Sharon, you mentioned the Cross Cancer Institute, and earlier on we mentioned Wellspring, and Wellspring is certainly very near and dear to my heart. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to tell us a little bit about Wellspring and how you became connected with the organization.
1: Wellspring uh, is a wonderful center that is non-medical programming. So it offers cancer patients, survivors, caregivers, and the bereaved, and families the opportunity to participate in programs that help either with knowledge or artistic expression or, or movement-based therapy or support in, in a very compassionate, supportive environment. It's wonderful. It's humbling to be part of it in offering services and it's life's changing. And the people that come through the door find that they are immediately at ease because of the warm welcome and the acceptance and compassion that they find within.
0: I can certainly concur because of course my uh, my family has partaken in the, the services and activities of, uh, of Wellspring. And also just to mention that there is no cost to, for any of these programs, it's donor funded. From my understanding, it's it's donor funded, and you can find it at wellspring.ca, and we'll certainly put that into the show notes. Now, Sharon, I'm just wondering, now, we do have a number of listeners from Edmonton, from Alberta, from Canada. I'm just wondering, for someone who perhaps is outside of these geographic boundaries, and they're looking for something that might be similar— can you suggest or recommend what would they search for? Or what would they look for with respect to finding a program to see if there's a program near them that might be something of something similar?
1: If you look up wellspring.ca, you'll find that there are a number of them available through Canada. Something similar might be what is often referred to as an integrated health centre. If you were to do an online search, community-based non-medical center of support for cancer would be the type of phrase to type.
0: Okay, that's that's super because again, we do have listeners from all around the world, but right. The other thing you could do is talk you know is talk to people in your local community and perhaps they can uh, suggest something.
1: There are places in the world that already have a very integrated approach to this. And I'm thinking of the UK and and Germany in particular. Yeah.
0: And if you are familiar with someone and something in your area and they're perhaps not offering a yoga program, maybe it's something that you can suggest to them. Now, Sharon, if someone was thinking about hitting the yoga mat, what should they do? What can they do to get started? Where should they start looking?
1: I would suggest that a person explore the yoga studios in their community to find out what's being offered. And to determine if that's a fit for them. And to feel free to shop around, to really explore what would work for you. Also online, it's become a big, big, bright world of yoga online. It's an easy way for someone to sit back and watch a video and determine if that would be the level of uh, practice that's appropriate for them. So you, you have to be kind of a knowledgeable shopper, if you will. I really like the American yoga teacher, Peggy Cappy, C-A-P-P-Y. She offers her programming on the PBS network, as well as through videos to purchase or online and a few books. She provides a blended class so that a person can select introductory level or a more advanced level while watching the same program. It's very, very good. And I've recommended her for a long time. If a person wants to really get into the more anatomical aspects of it, one of my teachers was Susie Hatley. She's a physiotherapist, now yoga teacher, H-A-T-E-L-Y. Her company is Functional Synergy. She does videos online, little short snappers so that you can get a little bit of movement. She brings in things that are kind of a teaser, like what happens if you moved this way? instead of that way, just to get people landed in their body and familiar with how you can modify for your own personal situation. My one go-to book is called Meditations from the Mat. And it's by the American yoga teacher, Rolf Gates, G-A-T-E-S. And he's really interesting because he takes a person from page one through the book, through the eight limbs of yoga so that you do touch on all the different aspects of the physical to the breath work, to the meditation, concentration, all of these very important branches that comprise the yoga
0: experience. And that's the book that you typically use at the beginning of all of your sessions.
1: I do. I like to integrate a little bit of the yoga philosophy into each class that I, that I bring to people.
0: Okay, so that's a great way to get started. Super. Now, Sharon, I'm just wondering, sometimes people may come into a class or they may not want to come into a class because they maybe feel intimidated or a little self-conscious or maybe they're apprehensive. I know I was a little bit when I started. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I always say in class, do what you are able to do to explore the motions the range of motion, to explore the pose, to explore the breath, to explore the stillness with a sense of curiosity and playfulness. Pain shouldn't happen on the yoga mat. And if it does, I always tell people to stop. We either stop and modify or they stop and rest. No judgment about what a person can or cannot do. The toughest thing to do is to step onto that yoga mat. And you're right, a lot of people come in stiff bodies and they're scared and men in particular find it intimidating uh, because of what you referred to earlier about the pretzel pose perception that you must do. Well, when I sign up for a swim class, I swim like a rock, but I'm there to learn how to swim. And I think that is a similar situation for yoga. I sign up for a yoga class to build my strength and flexibility and concentration and relaxation. It doesn't happen before I get there. It happens when I'm there and when I practice a little bit each day or a little bit each week. It's the regularity of the practice that matters.
0: Yeah, it took me a couple of classes to really start to feel comfortable. And I guess if I would have made a decision based on just my first class, I might have been scared to come back again, but I'm glad I continued.
1: Good for you for being brave. (laughs) look at look at how much happier you are with
0: <laughs> now Sharon, I know that we are just audio only there's there's no visual, but I thought perhaps you'd be kind enough to share maybe a couple of quick examples or a quick sample of a breathing exercise and maybe a gentle movement people can do doing it live right here.
1: <laughs> well, we've been doing it the whole time, and it's breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Greg, sit with a long, tall spine. Okay. Place your hands onto belly. Shrug your shoulders down out of your ears. Feel that long neck. And then take a slight tuck of your chin down, just a tiny little tuck toward that notch between your collarbones. If you're comfortable and in a safe place, I invite you to close your eyes. And then we simply let the movement of the belly connect us to the breath. Feeling how that rhythmic breath in and out of the body moves the belly. And now bring your attention to your nose and feel the cool air coming in through the nostrils. Imagine you can follow it down through the throat and feel the subtle rise of the top two ribs. The expansion of the rib cage to the side and how that belly moves as you inhale fully. And feel that little pause before you begin to exhale and the belly flattens, draws close to the spine. Smooth, steady breath. And to relax, a person can gradually increase the length of that exhale. Smooth and deep, breath full of ease. And now let that exhale come up. Follow the breath now. Notice how it's warm, touching your face, and gently blinking the eyes open. So a simple movement of the hands on belly, Bringing us to the awareness of the three parts of the body that moves each time. You were just practicing Durga Pranayama. Something you can do sitting on a bus. No one needs to know you're doing it. Waiting in a doctor's office in the waiting room. You're feeling anxious, hands on belly. A nice way to settle the nervous system to be more calm. You were doing yoga.
0: (laughs) Ah, that feels good. Too bad we're almost out of time. (laughs) actually, I felt really good. Thank you so much for that. I'm looking forward to the next class.
1: (laughs) You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Sharon, this has been absolutely delightful. Now, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, or perhaps may may be interested in taking one of your your public classes, I know they're restricted. Um, How perhaps can they they do that?
1: I would say they can uh, contact me through my email. And I'd be delighted to put them in touch with the facilitator for my Wednesday night Hatha Yoga that I offer on Zoom and uh, encourage uh, Canadian residents to do so.
0: Okay, again, only in Canada because of insurance restrictions. I will also put a link in the show notes to the various resources that Sharon may reference to so that perhaps you can find something that would work for you. Sharon, this has been absolutely delightful speaking with you. And I'm just wondering if you could offer perhaps some final thoughts or some final words of wisdom for our listeners to help them get on with their day.
1: Well, thanks. I would say give yoga a try. And if the first one doesn't doesn't suit you, try again. There's lots of yoga for every body and every age and every stage of life and every teacher. Shop until you find one that fits and serves you well. And enjoy it. Really have a a playful, curious, fun time on your mat. It's your body. It's your life. Why wouldn't you? Don't be grim about it. And really let that transformation happen on your mat so you can carry it off of the mat out into the world. I always conclude my class with um, my deepest wish is that people take their yoga Off the mat, I invite them to live simply, speak kindly, care deeply, and love generously. Namaste, Greg, and thank you.
0: Namaste, Sharon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Once again, this is Greg Gazin. We appreciate you tuning in. Now, I'm not sure how you joined us, whether you joined us through directly through Toastcaster.com or iTunes, but either way, you can pick up the podcasts there. If you really enjoyed the podcast, we'd really appreciate if you took a moment to leave us some feedback on iTunes, because it really helps with our ratings. Plus, also feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what types of things you're interested in, what your Toastmaster specialty is, or what kinds of things you like to speak about, and perhaps maybe we'll even have you on the show. This is Greg Gazin. Till the next time. This episode was sponsored by Corey Outsmarts the Butterflies, a new book by Greg Gazin, Geared to ages 8 to 80, whether you want to improve your speaking skills or build your confidence, this short read is suitable for all ages. It's available at OutsmartingTheButterflies.com.